was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Welcome. You're listening to Bucked Up with Sam Buck. Welcome to the Bucked Up Podcast, Alex. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, Sam. We were just talking. I'm in shorts now, but I used to hate... I used to be very self-conscious of my body. Okay. Like, I used to be a pool-in-the-shirt kid, a shirt in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) And I used to wear... I would never wear shorts because I hated my knees. Were you overweight? I was, like, chubby. I wasn't, like... Fat, fat, but I was chubby. Usually, the the shirt in the pool kids were like much bigger kids in general. But that's the thing: is when you wear a t shirt in the pool when you're just chubby, it looks worse because then it's just skin fitting and it just so you just see your tits and you're just like your stomach flat. Yeah, it's like a wet t shirt contest for a thirteen year old boy. (laughs) That is exactly, and I never won. I never won those contests. So what? So it was just uh, an insecurity about taking your shirt off around friends in general. Yeah, yeah, but we were talking about getting too high. I was tripping on the beach once, and it was like 2 a.m., and I was like, I'm on the beach. It's summertime. It's dark out. I just, like, took my shirt off. I was like, it feels good to be, like, it's at a beach. I'm going to pretend it's the daytime. Moment of freedom, yeah. Now I'm fine with it, but when I was a kid, like, watching that, I was like, ooh, look at those fat knees. Wow, so you still deal with that insecurity. I I like the awkwardness of your intro. (laughs) I think it's... I think it serves the show well. It is an awkward show. I'm gonna. Do you have like? Are you are you good with yourself? I think so. I think you know it's a difficult question because I I definitely think I am, but I don't always conduct myself as if I am. So I think there's insecurities beneath the surface that I haven't even figured out. Yeah. Um, but generally, yeah. I mean, I had like acne growing up and like a, a little bit of a complex about being like way taller than the other kids in class. Did you shoot up quick? I was like, I was like five four or so when I was like eleven, maybe. Like, I, yeah, I was pretty big. How tall are you now? Now I'm like five nine. And see, like my mom was five nine in like fourth grade, and that was like, but then she never grew after that. Right. I, I did always I there was always one or two girls who who had me beat in the tall department and I was so grateful for them. I was like like I would have been the freak if she weren't here, you know? That's how I felt about the fatties in my class. I yeah. was like, at least I'm not that big. You got yeah, you gotta be really grateful for your fellow <laughs> freaks. Like they, they're fucking keeping some of the attention off you. There might always be someone better than you, but there is definitely always someone worse than you. Yeah. You were talking about before we started, um you getting way too high. Yeah, I was for so- the first time. Do you mind turning on the AC? so excited to try weed as a teenager i was like a sophomore in high school and i remember smoking after class with a group of friends and like not feeling it at all and then the very next day we went to my friend's house and i was like i want to do it again i really want to feel it and we smoked maybe like two like pin like little pin joints and i went inside and like my hands were heavy and i was like sweating and i I had fun for maybe 10 minutes and then just like turned to panic um and went into my friend's bed and like close my eyes and try to sleep and if what for what felt like six hours and then woke up the next morning. That does sound like a bad mushroom trip. Like when you're just like closing your eyes, being like, "How many more hours of this situation?" Yeah, the thoughts wouldn't like stop rolling through. Did you stop after that? Um, I stopped and then 
maybe six to eight months later, I'd like just started junior year. And that same friend whose house I was at that night had been like, she had like kind of gotten into weed already. And she was like, this is becoming a problem. Like now that the school year started, I really don't want to be doing it like as often as I have and by myself and stuff. Can you just take my stash and hold <laughs> it <laughs> at your house? Um, and I was like, sure thing. You could trust me. You know, I didn't like the stuff. I won't. <laughs> and then fast forward maybe a week or two. I remember it was like a it was a week night. I was doing physics homework in my bedroom. And I was like, what would be the harm if I just I remember pulling off if I had my weed here, I would show you. I pulled off like a little piece of weed like this big and put it in the bowl that I was holding for her and just hit that. And I remember watching the fan go around in my bedroom and like doing my physics homework with such focus and just kind of like learning like, okay, a little bit of this could go a long way. That's, feels great. Yeah. I love it. And from that moment on, I was a. I literally have not stopped smoking weed since then. That is like people who did it too much. Like I dated a girl who would. She wouldn't smoke. She would only like. First, she would get hot boxed in the room, but then she would only let me like shotgun, weed smoke in her mouth. And she was like, "I'm not smoking, but I'm still getting high." So I would have to like take a hit of the joint. Like, blow it in her mouth and then take another hit for myself. Yeah, that's And so that's, like, the little... It's, like, just to start... And now she turned out to be a huge stoner, but... Yeah, I think it was just, like, a matter of building some tolerance so that I wouldn't be, like, thrown off the ledge. Now I could keep smoking all day. Um, but back then, I just had to, like... I was... Know. No one offered me weed until college. I was such a loser in high school that, like, I didn't smoke. And then when I got to college, I was, like... Oh, weed's great. Like, weed's great. And I, like, I have friends. And now I like, like, if I smoked in high school, I would have friends. I, yeah, no, that's how I made a lot of friends. I became like, uh, like one of the known stoners in high school. I actually came so close to getting caught with weed on my very last day of senior year of high school at an all girls Catholic school. Um, because I was trying to like shepherd some of the girls who had never smoked before into having their first joint. It was like the last day of school. We're about to graduate. So, like the Pied Piper of marijuana. Yeah. So some girls had asked me, they were like, can we, can we smoke with you after school? Um, like after finals. And I was like, absolutely. And I bring weed with me for the day. And in between my second to last and last test of the day, I go into one of the bathrooms to like roll up a joint and I'm like sitting on the toilet uh, with like my uniform on and everything, just like sitting there rolling a joint on my religion notebook. <laughs> and, and I was like in trouble in this religion class too, I remember. I had like a, a very low average and I needed to do very well on the final in order <laughs> to graduate. And you're just rolling a joint up. I'm rolling a joint up and I hear the literal teacher of that class, like my religion teacher, just right outside the stall. She knocks on the door and she's like, don't flush anything, don't move anything, just open the stall door and you won't be in any trouble. And I remember shoving all this weed into my shoe <laughs> and, um, and literally quickly like pulling, up my, pulling down my skirt and like making it look like I was on the toilet, like yeah. studying for this exam. And like she had walked in on something. She didn't smell it? Like, Well, apparently some like, uh, some like, younger kid had come in and said that somebody was smoking in the bathroom like somebody who oh, had never um, yeah. didn't know the difference you know yeah i um that's cr that's like 
Like, I don't know why, but, like, I've been caught by cop smoking and gotten in almost very bad trouble. Like, smoking a joint on a... I was at UMass Dartmouth, which is a uh, just a big school. It's a smoke-free campus. Mm-hmm. And I was with a dealer, and she had a pound in my car. And we were hotboxing the <laughs> car. Bad. And a state police officer drove by us. Not even public safety. Like, state police officer drove by us. So, like... I'm like, shit. So I pull out, and he turns around to, like, follow me. And I must have, like, gone over the line. So he turns on his lights and pulls me over. And I'm like, you know, putting the joint out, like, on my skin. Like, I don't <laughs> care. Just anything to get them. I'm spraying osium with the windows up. Just, like, trying to get... And I got out of that. But, like, I feel like getting caught in school would be way scarier for some reason. I don't know why, but it's, like, I don't respect police enough to be, like, scared of that. Like, I can talk my way out of it. It was so scary, dude. She took me to the dean eventually who had to, like, search my bag and everything. And you have a joint in your shoe? And I got so fucking, I was so ballsy. I was like, I don't know what you want. You're not going to find anything on me. Why don't you just strip search me? Why don't you search my shoes? Like, I fucking... (laughs) I told them where it was just because I I had like you know teenager fucking energy. You're the fucking serial killer that leaves tracks. <laughs> yeah, it was behind bad. you. <laughs> it was bad, dude. It's so funny the idea of putting something out on you to not get caught. I've literally <laughs> I have like a little scar over here from like back when I was smoking cigarettes. My parents are like kind of okay with me smoking weed, but cigarettes were like an absolute no go. And when I was like 19 years old, I was smoking a cigarette on the porch, didn't realize my mom was home. And she came out to talk to me, and I just put the cigarette out on my leg. <laughs> I just. And you still have that scar. I still have a little scar. They're still gonna, at some point, like, you're gonna still smell it. Like, like I sat on the cigarette. I wanted yeah. to just. Yeah, she smelled it. Do you it. still smoke? Like. No, I vape now. I'm. Do you, like, do you mind vaping? I like vaping. I didn't like having to go outside for a cigarette all the time. Yeah. I used to vape so much. I used to have one of those, like, nerdy boxes, you know, like the big vapes. I used to have one of those, too, but the, I I finally processed the way that I looked smoking it. You look like such a du- Well, you wouldn't look like a douche. I feel like girls can pull off vapes, but, like, <laughs> when you look like me and you have a vape, you're like, this dude date rapes and watches anime. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Something about the way that shit sounds when you're hitting it is like, <laughs> like it's it's so extreme. You're it's, like the Bill Cosby with these <laughs> sound effects. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> he's, the, um, he's good at sound effects. That's that he, that's one of the very many things he's good at. It's something he was known for. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they're passed out, and he's just making the noises they should be making. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's just making fake orgasm noises like in or the, uh, Harry Met Sally. All right, I just came from a long drive to this podcast, and I don't know what I'm doing. So thank you very much for coming on. I we were talking about this. I want your advice on this. I so I don't know. I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. But I went on a date with a girl, and I still don't know her name. Okay. Okay. How? <laughs> like, um, like we hung out the whole night. I have her Instagram, but her Instagram doesn't have her name on it, and she doesn't have a Facebook. So, like, and I don't have her saved in my phone. I literally don't know her name. How'd you guys meet? At a show, at a comedy show. She saw me perform and then came up to me afterwards. And I'm assuming you want to see her again. I mean, like, 
Yeah, I, I'd like to know her name at least. <laughs> like baby steps. I want to so, know her name. Is there a possibility at all of like bringing a third party into this who hasn't met her yet, who can introduce themselves to her in front of you? That's actually a good move. Because that's that's the move that I would make. If I don't know somebody's name... How long have you to... gone hanging out with someone without knowing their name? Like, have you ever hooked up with a guy... Like, I've hooked up with girls I don't know their names. Um. Yeah, I've definitely done that a couple times. Um. But never, never long-term, never, like, spent... I don't know. I feel like I forget names easily. I go for the introduction, but it doesn't mean I'm going to remember your name 20 minutes later once you've, like, shared something personal with me. That is true. I'm just really bad with names. And uh, people are like, that just means you don't respect names. But I don't think that's true. It's just, like, I have a lot of information. I meet a lot of people. All right, yeah, some people just remember faces better, I think. I'm good with faces. Yeah, generally. I'm good with rap information. Like, I'll remember any rapper's name. Like, I'll hear a 30-second snippet of a song, and I'll remember who it is, but I can't remember people's names. Yeah, I'm good with faces, but then every now and again, there's a person whose face I just can't fucking latch on to, no matter how hard I try, and every time I see them, I feel like I'm meeting them for the first time, and that's embarrassing. Yeah, I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Have you ever dated a guy because he was a fan of your podcast no i feel like uh so i feel like there's Shout like out a broad weird... topics thank you um don't uh, stop listening to this podcast go listen to that so i feel like specifically like with broad topics like it would be kind of weird how much this person knows about me if i'm just first meeting them because yeah. like uh, my whole thing like i'm not a comic like when kim asked me to be her co-host I figured that my role on the show would be to overshare and give her some shit to make fun of me for. Um, and I've been doing that for like three years now, just fully oversharing. I mean, our producer, Frank, has my has two of my diaries at his house. Um, like, I'm an open book. Yeah. So I don't think... Uh, I don't think I'd enjoy a date. I feel like it'd be creepy to be on a date with somebody who listens to the show all the time. Have, that, has, have guys ever tried... I mean, I get DMs, but I don't really see that. Yeah, I don't want people in my life to hear my stuff. Like, I want it to be strangers, kind of. Like, even stand-up. Like, I don't want people to look at my stand-up clips before they go out with me. Right. You know, because you're just going to find out too much too soon. So recently I found out through my dad, who's like 74, that one of his fishing buddies listens to broad topics every week oh no <laughs> <laughs> he told me that this week isn't that crazy <laughs> is it like <laughs> is that creepy or is it nice i'm not sure like he talks my dad talks to this dude on the phone like two three times a week and goes fishing with him like every couple days like he's got to be in his mid to late 50s I, I don't know how to feel about it. He I, knows more about you than your dad knows about you, I bet. I mean, yeah, like, I've told stories about, like, my dad walking in on me, like, having sex when I was a teenager and shit like that. Like, I hope that it never gets back to my father that these are things that I talk about on air. That's, I mean, like, if he what, listens yeah. every week and they hang out, he must... Or is he, like, holding it against your dad, like... I know all this shit about your daughter now. My dad's attitude about it is like, oh, it's pretty cool. Keith likes your show. Keith's a big fan. Oh, that's cool then. Yeah, kind like... of. But like, I. Uh, that I means don't know. he doesn't know. Because if he knew what 
has your dad ever listened to any of your shit? No, my dad, I believe, doesn't know. I just still don't know Keith well enough to like know his intentions. Have you, know? you ever met Keith? Possibly once or twice. I've only gone fishing with my dad like a few times over the years, you know? Um, every now and again, I'll answer the phone and it'll be Keith and I'll pass the phone to my dad. But that's it. That's about it. He could just be a big Kim fan. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> He's just a huge Kim just fan. Just one of those Kim Congdon fans can't get enough of her. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like I have family members that'll listen to this podcast, mm -hmm. and I'll say some crazy shit on this, just personal shit. Like, yeah, and I don't want yeah. that. Like, this is for strangers. This isn't for right fucking. It is like a diary, you know? Yeah, like I, I do have a cousin who at least used to listen to the podcast who's like 14 years older than me or so and has like three oh, I kids you were gonna of his own. you going to say 14 years old. I was no, like... he's, he's a bit older than me, has like a couple kids of his own. And it's like the thing that as a, as a chick, it's kind of weird with like um, sexual things. Like I definitely don't want my parents or fam or cousins or family members hearing me and Kim like fucking go off about our sexual preferences. That's like a conversation that I wouldn't really have with many people besides Kim. It just happens. It just so happens we're having it I, in front yeah. of people. Or know? on stage. Like on stage, I talk a lot about sex and it, on the like, I'm very open about it, but not like, but then I feel like if anyone I know, like family members, I don't want them to hear that at all, even though I am very open to talk about it in like a public public forum. It's almost like a shaming. A little bit, like yeah. talking about it like openly, whether it be like sex or doing certain like things you might feel shame about. It's like you feel comfortable talking about it, op like to a place where it's like, fuck it, I'll just say it to everyone. I also think my character on broad topics is like a little bit exaggerated from who I actually am. Like if. If do I was, you like, feel like you have a character? Oh yeah, definitely. Like him and I do like accents all the time. We can't. It's just. It's. Not necessarily a character, but it's like a, it's an energy. Like the same way, like if you're hanging out with your parents, you're not going to be the same version of yourself as when you're hanging out with like your high school friends or something like that. But um, wouldn't like when you I'm say that Kim, when you're with your parents, that's a character? I think they're all just different sides to your personality. And I think a very extreme so side of me comes out when I'm around Kim. So like it's like weird for family members to hear like my most vulnerable friend with my, like being with my best friend yeah. version, you know, it's weird. Were you, cause you aren't a stand up. Were you like nervous to start? Like when you started just like opening up about yourself, like openly, cause you weren't, you were behind the scenes more. Mm -hmm. That was actually the decision that made me feel more comfortable. I was really nervous about doing the show in general. Cause I was like, like, I'm, you know, I think Kim is hilarious. She's so fucking funny, dude. And I was like, I'm nowhere near as funny as this girl. Like, I need to offer something um, and, like, bring something to the table. So I was like, let me just, like, over fucking share and be honest. And I feel like having that to lean on made me feel really comfortable. How did you guys meet? Through Lewis. Uh, Yeah. I have a <laughs> yeah. That's easy enough. I'm not <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like when I ask a rapper why they like went away, and they they're just like trafficking. Okay, I'm not gonna. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, this is so the first time, just a weird little side. The first time I ever did stand up was on. I used a fake ID to go to the comedy store in LA and got on Kill Tony. That's and I was like, dope. I was like 17 years old, 18 years old. And Kim was, that was when she was like the. Like the regular. Yeah, it was just a weird, you know, like weird coincidence when they. Because uh, I didn't realize that until later. That's really cool. Fuck yeah. Have you ever done stand-up at all? Nope. Have you ever wanted to? I've thought about it, but I don't I don't think my anxiety could handle it. I'm like n- very much not a public speaker in that sense. I'd be so nervous. I don't think I could do it. You got into skanks being with the intern Olympics though, right? Yeah, it was the Which, first. That's like putting yourself out there publicly. Well, I didn't anticipate it being that though cuz I just showed up like I heard Lewis talking about how his interns were leaving and he was looking for somebody to like grow with the company and everything. And I just came in with a resume thinking that I would be the only one to do that and it, like literally Harrington and Luke showed up the same week with their resumes. He just pitted us against each other on the spot. It wasn't like a planned thing. Um, so then I was like, then like, you know, the competitive mode got turned on. What was your life before that? Because uh, that like that moment ch- pivoted your life very much, it seems. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I, I had gone to uh, Penn State for a little while and then dropped out. Didn't know what I wanted to what do. What were you studying? Literally changed my major like five times at Penn State. I was like fucking (laughs) studying psychedelics at Penn State. (laughs) How long did you get in before you dropped out? I was there for three semesters. Um, Then I dropped out and took a year off and then went to community college and then took more time off and went to like uh, film school at the new school in the city. And I fucking hated the culture there. Like film school... It, oh man, it's so just pretentious shit. They didn't even want, they didn't want to have anything to do with somebody who was going to try to make like a comedy project of any sort. It all had to have some like deeper meaning and very like specific message. And I hated it. And Were you making t- shit before that, like movies and? I'm not really. I grew up, I was like a dancer growing up. I did like ballet and like dance competitions until high school. So that's why when I went to college, I was like, I, do, I really don't know what I'm going to do outside of dance. Yeah, I studied film in college, and I had one teacher that was so pretentious. He just didn't want any comedy. Like, and you, the same thing. And it made me hate it. Like, I just don't like movies anymore. Like, I don't want to watch them. I don't like making them. I didn't like how many fucking people it took to coordinate a movie. Like, I'm not... I don't like dealing with 50 people who each have to... I like to just do my shit on my own, you know? Yeah. Like, get it done. If you do it, you know it's done. Yeah. I can't rely on, like, an entire team of fucking pretentious-ass liberal arts students. I like <laughs> shit Bad. that's simple. Like, I like stand-up. Simple. I like podcasting, because it's a conversation simple. <clears throat> Even music, like rap music, is very simple. It's like a producer makes a beat, and then a rapper tries to try tries his hardest on that beat. It's not like we're. It's not like a regular. Like it's nice to. Right. Uh, yeah. No. I hated the idea of like putting like six six months at minimum into like a short film project that's going to be like a 10 minute fucking thing that you're putting so much work into. You're overthinking it. Like it's too, 
triggering for anxiety, the process of like perfecting every element of this thing. And I, I just love in podcasts that like every week where you're pumping out a new show, like they're not all going to be perfect, but they're, it's, they're all coming at you. Like, exactly. Yeah. And there's, if there's an episode I hate or like, if I feel like lacking on one in two or three days, there's another one. Mm -hmm. That's why I do two a week. Like it's cause I would start hating it the fifth day and waiting. I'm just like, I need another one to be put out there. Like I can't wait a whole week for another one. Yeah. But yeah, I also yeah. don't have anything else. It, like yeah, it's you, like a quick... You work on so many other podcasts. Right. That, like, you no, would probably get burnt out. I know what you're saying. It's like the, the quick opportunity for redemption. Like, uh, as soon as... Stand-ups like episode, that. You can plan it. Yeah. If you bomb, you can always go do another set. You can always... The next day, you just can perform. Because yeah. if a, your movie sucks, you have to live with that. You can't, like, redo it. Like, once you put it out... It's done. And I felt honestly like every movie I made sucked. Like I literally was just not connecting with I like editing. Like I'm fine with that side of it. I just didn't like planning it all out. It fucking gave me way too much anxiety. So when did you trip for the first time? Uh at Penn State, like the end of freshman year with a bunch of friends. Mushrooms or acid. Acid. It was so much look at the smile on my <laughs> face. Thinking of those memories, it was so much fun, dude. What was the first one like? Uh, I've only done acid once, and it was a horrible experience. I've done mushrooms like 50 times. I don't know, like 100 times. I don't know. So we walked around campus for a little while. I remember specifically at one point finding this art installation on campus that I had never seen before that was just these massive chairs that if you sat in them, you looked fucking tiny. <laughs> we sat there and talked for a little while. Um, and then we went back to a friend's dorm where she gave us all like like animal onesies to put on, <laughs> like cute little like floppy ears and stuff. And then we pulled out uh, canvas paper and acrylic paint and started finger painting all night. And uh, it was really fun. That's so cute. That like... That doesn't have no guy trip, whatever. Like, imagine <laughs> guys getting together and be like, We're gonna go see art and talk to each other, and then we're going to all dress up in matching outfits and paint. Like, whenever I would trip with my guy friends, there was always one friend who, like, two hours into the conversation, would just be tripping too hard and would just like get up and leave and we'd just be like fuck him he's done like we wouldn't check like it wasn't like a group experience it was like <laughs> like it is now it's nice like trip but like when i first started trip with my friends we wouldn't help each other like that oh, it was man. one it was one for all all for one i definitely learned how to trip from hippies um like the, at penn state there was this house it was like the very last house on the main road and they would call it the hippie house they had like a fucking compost and garden in their backyard and a trampoline and like they would have parties where the girls would be like spinning fire and shit it was what they were such hippies they, they like really earned their name and i met a bunch of, like the people who i ended up tripping with i had met at that house and um they're like they definitely taught me like a, like a lot about like the culture of the whole thing being to like sharing each other's experience and always bring people back who are like having a bad time and figure out like what the best vibe for everybody is and stuff like that. Do you like acid more? I don't know. See, oh, 
I want to do acid again. I need to do it with people who are good, like with a good experience. Like I love acid, but it's just like every time I do either acid or mushrooms and have a really good time, like I feel like I changed my mind. I'm like, oh, that was such a fun mushroom trip. Maybe I do like mushrooms more. And then I switch back and forth. Yeah, no, the the first time I did acid, right as I was peaking, it was raining. And my friends were like, let's go to a vape store. And it's it's raining. I'm tripping for the first time on acid in a vape store. And I was just like, I need to be outside. No, I can't do that. this. So I go outside. It's slushy, cold rain. Mm -mm. And I walk into this alley and a kid tries to rob me. No, that's awful. <laughs> and I'm tripping for the first time ever on acid. And I like, I'm wearing uh, Birkenstocks with socks and sweatpants. And I'm like, get away from me. And I'm like running away with my Birkenstocks, like holding up my sweatpants, tripping. Oh, man. And then we watched Hateful Eight. Oh, that's such an intense movie. It was just a bad... There was one point in the trip where we went to a beach and I laid face down in the sand and I was like, each piece face of down in the sand. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what, each... a, what a decision. <laughs> I was like, each piece of sand is like a different person in another universe. And that was a nice, that was the only good part of the trip. Okay. That was, that was it. But acid, I need to do it with hippies and onesies and painting and Big chairs. Painting's great. I have watched... Um, Tomorrow night. <laughs> I'm there. Um, I have watched Inglorious Bastards on acid once, and that was a, an excellent viewing experience. I was watching it alone, and it was my first time ever seeing it. And it's one of my favorite movie-watching experiences ever. But I couldn't... I don't know if it would land for everybody. No, I would drugs. love... It's an intense movie. I, I would love that. Are you, were you like a spiritual hippie person before psychedelics? I don't think so. I'm not sure. Maybe a little bit. I'm pretty spiritual now after psychedelics. Like, I used to believe in crystals more, but now I don't. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> They're bullshit. I used to believe in them a little bit, but it's all bullshit. <laughs> so the the thing... <laughs> that gets me like the closest to spirituality was a video that I watched uh, one of my first times tripping. Are you talking shit over there? I'll smack both of you like you're Dylan. <laughs> Blowing the whistle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Crystal. It here first. I think there's a chance that crystals might have a placebo effect that yeah, might Yeah, very work. placebo. Yeah, yeah, which, but the placebo effect is real. You know, like it, I guess that's it true. works for people. That so. is true. I don't know. Um, you do see. I don't mean to. You feel. I feel like you would have crystals. Like. I I own crystals. I could never tell you what each crystal is good for. So I have a friend who talks to his crystals. Like he'll like <laughs> he'll I, talk. He'll sit with five crystals like SpongeBob when he <laughs> has the chip and the <laughs> tissue, and he'll talk to his crystals. And this is the guy who facilitated my DMT trip. <laughs> I like the move of like taking a crystal and like rubbing it like this when you're anxious. That could actually help. It's like uh, it's almost like having a fidget spinner or some shit like that. Yeah, it's, uh, they have their. Uses. But you don't talk to your <laughs> crystals. No, but um, but I I buy them because they're really pretty. 
Mm. Which I think a lot of people just aren't admitting to themselves that like the crystals are beautiful and they don't have to work magic to be cool. When I was a child, I used to collect crystals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like as a child, oh, I wasn't yeah. like. Do you remember like those stations at like weird? Uh, you'd be at like a weird souvenir shop somewhere where they'd have yeah. like a station that had each different type of. Oh, I would get all that fill shit. Fill up a bag for like five bucks. Yeah, what? Museum of Science had that shit. Fuck yeah, yeah. dude. The bit that's like such easy money. Dude, every time I I still can't pass one of those up. Market it. <laughs> you still buy <laughs> I that? I still I still will fill up a sack of crystals. <laughs> <laughs> you just carry a sack of crystals around. No, I have you ever done DMT? No, this I, is just Joe Rogan. I talked to everyone about DMT. Funny. That is, <laughs> I've had some at my house for such a long time that I'm like, I've been afraid to use it, and and that's weird because I I do like a lot of psychedelics, oh, but this like this is your joint. Feel free. Go ahead. Do you light it up? You did such a beautiful job with it. All right. I can't believe you have it, and you haven't done it. I feel like I'm pretty high. We could keep smoking. We don't have we're doing, to. No, we're doing it. <laughs> I forgot what we're talking about. We're talking about you having D. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, I have DMT. I'm afraid to use it. It's just, I, I don't know. What scares you about it? I don't know. I'm just, like, looking for the right environment and... Everybody love everybody! <laughs> <laughs> I Well, I had that guy facilitate my trip. And that was, like a good experience for it it wasn't just like i'm gonna try it for the first time like it was like i felt like it was a spiritual even though it was in his basement and i just ate chinese spare ribs <laughs> it was a it was a, <laughs> it was a spiritual like chinese spare ribs and dmt is such a unique combo well can i tell you this so when i did for a so when i did dmt i was convinced i met buddha and I still kind of am convinced. Like, it was real as shit. I'm kind of out of it. But for, like, a year, I was very convinced. But after a year, I was like, was it just because I was eating Chinese food before the DMT trip that my God turned Asian? And I'm serious. I'm not. I know I'm laughing. No, it's possible. Maybe your brain just made the association. Or maybe you met Buddha because Buddha loved spare ribs, too. It was a crazy experience. It was real. Like, it was like... I've heard really crazy things from people. Um, I don't know. I've, I've just been nervous about it, though. What's the most psychedelics you've taken? Like, tab-wise or gram-wise? Um, I've taken, like, five tabs of acid. Jeez Louise. <laughs> At a time. <laughs> Also, there was one wow. night, there was this one night where I was at my house and I had this like, uh, this like liquid dropper, right? And I had like dosed a few out and I was testing them and they, it felt weak. It just like felt kind of weak to me. Like yeah. I took one, I took two, I'm on three. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I dosed this right. This shit's kind of weak. And at a certain point, I just get like sick of using Altoids. <laughs> And so I just, like, started dropping it into my oh, mouth. Oh, no. And I don't know how much I took that night, but I know that at one point I was fucked up. Oh, no. Just, like, hanging out. I don't like larger... That's the crazy thing is I've never taken more than, like, two grams of mushrooms. I've taken, like, 
five grams. But of I did DMT. But I I don't. I'm scared. I don't know. Mushrooms is weird. I didn't like taking. I I took five grams of mushrooms in tea once, and it was one of the very few times. Do we light both of these? <laughs> they lit one. Okay. You just you guys pass it to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I took five grams of mushrooms once, and I found it to be entirely too too much mushroom. When you first started, it was like, for me at least, it was super spiritual. Like, yes. but now I can do, Irish was saying this, but now you like, I can do it for fun. Like, it doesn't have to be like a spiritual experience. I think that I, when I do it alone, it ends up being a lot more like introspective and productive than when I do it with friends. With friends, it Unless it's like a really small, tight knit group, it ends up kind of just feeling social. Yeah, I've done stand up tripping a few times. It's just that's too much. <laughs> I don't. I've done this podcast <laughs> tripping. That's it's a lot. I don't like being on camera tripping, but I do. I like running when I'm on mushrooms. I like working out tripping. Oh, I get nervous. Like doing push-ups or I'll like I'll run a couple miles. That's funny. I always get nervous when I'm tripping to like uh increase my heart rate too much cuz it makes me feel like I'm tripping way too hard sometimes. Like I uh I was fucking around with a hula hoop when I was on acid a couple weeks ago, I guess. And I started to get like addicted to the hula hoop. I was doing it for like hours. And when I finally sat down, I was like I might have a heart attack. <laughs> Like I need a full minute to like breathe as deep as I can. <laughs> do you like do you meditate? Mm, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I like I think a lot, but I that meditating is the opposite of thinking. So yeah, just... it's like focusing on your breathing because that helps me. I try to like I try mm. to do that because I have a very crazy mind. Like my mind likes to race, so I feel like when I meditate, I can like chill for a second no i guess i don't meditate but i definitely should headspace is a really great uh, i feel like i'm spo sponsored by headspace <laughs> but i'm not making any money off this shit headspace really helped me like learn because like when i tried to sit with my own thoughts for five minutes like eyes closed not moving five minutes like three minutes in i'm like my mind starts going crazy like you don't... going to bad places or just like being frustrated about Yeah, going to bad not bad place anxious places. Right. Like I don't... Yeah, I feel like I don't I definitely don't try to shut my thoughts off, but I'm very aware of like what's like what is me like projecting anxiety into a situation where it doesn't belong, like just thinking about like this like far off future that might not look anything like what I'm how I'm envisioning it. Yeah. Like I, I try to be really aware of when I'm doing that and like steer myself away from it. Um but then I I end up on the other side questioning myself and being like, oh am I just like forcing myself to think happy thoughts? Am I ignoring my problems? Like I don't know. It's like a fine line to decide like what's just anxiety and what's you shutting off your negative feelings about something that's real. Yeah. You know what I mean? We did um, Doped Up and Dying, shout out. And you, the reason I'm saying this is because you said this on the podcast and I thought it was very interesting that you were like, yeah, I had a great childhood. So good. It was Which great. is like not 
normal for the group of people you hang out with or the <laughs> openness you had. Like, I'm not going to like. Yeah, no, it was it was super chill. I was close with my grandparents. I'm very close with my parents. Like, uh, I had just about everything I wanted. Um, That's dope. Yeah, it was good. My parents are so supportive. They love that I'm in comedy. Like, my mom loves coming out to shows. Has your mom ever watched your stuff? Um, not. Um, I ask her not to watch my show, and my parents are pretty respectful. Um, but she's been, like, she's come to the studio to, like, watch some of the shows I've recorded. She came to Legion of Skanks once. It was the night that somebody, that, like, a random fan stole the mic from, um... Little Pete from, from Pete and Pete, <laughs> and Lewis. Before like Lewis had met my mom, he literally ended up like fighting a stranger over my mom's terrified body. Oh Jesus! <laughs> right, and she still supports my. Uh, That's nice. That position. is like. My parents are supportive. Very, they're very supportive of my stuff. But I didn't have a great childhood, which is. A str- like, they're better now than they were before. Right. They were always supportive, but they hated each other so much that, like, it just made it shitty. Okay, that's definitely the big difference. Like, my parents aren't perfect, obviously. Of like, course. they have their little issues. My mom's just, like, you know, a little anxious. She's, you know, she's got the anxiety gene and all that kind of stuff. But, like, they are obsessed with each other. It's adorable. That's so cute. They love each other. Does that make it easier to find someone or harder to find someone? That's a good question. I don't know. Because, like, I don't know why, but I feel like because I saw my parents have such a horrible divorce, I, like, if I'm going to date someone, I have to, like, be, like, I have to be serious and then I'm in it. Hmm. And I feel like that, but I feel like if it's the, uh, I don't know if it's the other way that it's like, because they're so in love with each other, it's hard to like, find that one like that. That's a really good question. So I spent, I was in a relationship from- Fucked up podcast. We ask really good questions. (laughs) Um, I was in a relationship from 17 to 27 with this dude who's like- wildly narcissistic just kind of textbook super like like uh very good at like gaslighting and like manipulating the situation and uh blaming me for like all of his thoughts and feelings and i ended up in that for like 10 years but i never considered i'm not i never considered to blame my parents it's a good idea (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna become a stand-up after this <laughs> podcast <laughs> 10 years is a long time that's a long relationship yeah do you, how long into you it did you know that it was oh literally took me such a long time dude embarrassingly long like even after like uh i don't know there were signs that i was like getting over it like uh seven years in or so but even then like the manipulation was it was just so strong that i like it was barely a consideration it was just somewhere in the back of my head yeah that's why i also feel like i only this is i only know bad like like i can't i don't know how to like handle my emotions in a relationship well so like i'm scared to put that on someone 
Right. When you're like, <laughs> like you have to sign up for the, and that's not a good thought to have. Is like you have to sign up for this. Nope, that's so true. That's really interesting. I'm having <laughs> issues with that right now because. Ah, uh, so I've been dating like a really, really nice guy for like seven months now, like seven, eight months. And it's coming and now very suddenly these like deeply implanted issues from my ex are starting to like come out of the woodwork where like n I'm like uh, I'm just having issues like discussing preferences for things and like drawing boundaries and stuff because I was so afraid to do that in my last relationship that it's like it's very difficult to navigate a healthy one now are you oh are you open with your like in a relationship <laughs> that's the that's the end of the question what? like because you're open you say you talk about how open you are like on your podcast and like with your best friend like with get, like, are you open like that in a relationship? So I'm definitely open with like sharing things about myself, but I I get really like clammed up when it comes to like sh like uh, expressing like issues that I might have with somebody. Like I'm I'm definitely somebody who avoids conflict. So like, uh. I've yeah, it's it's a big problem. You have to be able to like confront somebody if they if they do something that you don't like, especially if you're in a relationship with them. Yeah. But that's the situation that I'm the worst at because my last relationship like taught me like don't say anything, just fucking keep your mouth shut, deal with it. And you, yeah, just shut down. Yeah. That's like that's what I mean is I feel like I would be an like quick to anger. And I feel bad because I feel like I might have left that on other people. Right. And then it's like, shit, like I'm trying to deal with it. And then it's like, I don't want to blame anyone, but it's like, that is something that was ingrained in me. Right. But I think <laughs> Are you an only child? Yeah. Ani just wrote only child problems. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 See, we can blame our parents. <laughs> that's yeah, the, that was... No, I'm just... I'm, I'm putting this out there. <laughs> Not true. You have to work on your own shit. <laughs> that was truly my only point of sadness as a kid, though, was not having a sibling. Like, if I... That was the thing that I'm like, oh, I'm kind of lonely. But other than that, like, what do I not have, you know? Yeah, I am happy I'm an only child. At this point, I am. Like, now that I actually know as an adult... How much less I would have had if I had to share with a sibling. I'm oh, so much. Yeah. Satisfied. And I feel like I'm good on my own. Like I can be lonely. Me too. My main concern is like the role that you have in terms of taking care of your parents when they're older. Like oh, that's, dude, that's a lot the... easier when you have siblings. That's a really scary. And because like my dad vapes. And has smoked a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> and my mom is not a healthy woman. Your dad sounds cool. <laughs> Do you want his number? <laughs> Your dad vapes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom's not a healthy person either. And it's like... Yeah, what am I gonna do? So like, dramatic as an only child, you're like, I guess. But they love I'll each other. Like, they love each yeah. other. Like, my mom has no one else. Like, Oh, man. 
Yeah, when your parents hate each other, you have to separately deal with both of them. That's what Some I fucking mean. Drama. People always are like, "Oh, two Christmases are great." It's like, no, it's not. That's not. That's two separate days that I have to pretend to be a different person. Nah. <laughs> Family drama is too much. <laughs> I'm like, uh, it's so funny. I'm. It's not even that I have to. I certainly do not have to walk on eggshells in my house. But the way that I do anyway, just try to like. Stay so fucking perky to keep everybody happy to not hear the Italian complaints start rolling out. You know what I mean? You do seem like a happy person. Do you feel like that's put like you like that's ingrained it like you put that on? I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm generally happy. I mean, when I'm upset, everybody knows it. I wear that, too. Mm-hmm. Like I'll sometimes like come in. Happiest people I've ever met. Yeah, and and then on the days that I'm not happy, I come in pretty much crying. I feel like <laughs> I feel like people see me as happy, but then they'll like that's what I mean. But then I can go to a dark place. Very rare, but I can. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think I'm like I think of dark things all the time. Just try to maintain a happy attitude, and then I have this breaking point. And what's like your break? Yeah. What what break? Like what is your what breaks? What breaks you? <laughs> what breaks me? <laughs> Let me think. I don't know. There's like a. I feel like f- first of all, and this probably applies to just about everybody. There's like the set of triggering memories, right? Like uh, like grandparent things, like even just thinking of like my childhood dog, shit like that. Um, and then there's like circumstantial things where it's like major stress running late will break me yeah um that i hate running late the the first things i give it's funny like when i'm running late i'm like try to think like oh there's nothing i could do about it like it's fine or whatever then if i like randomly have a thought about my grandma i just fucking go for it i'm like you know what i'm just gonna cry grandma i miss you like just you're a crier i am such a crier I am. I actually do cry. Like, I'm a crier. I'm such but, a crier. You know when they're like, guys should show their emotions? That's just not true. Because whenever whenever I show my emotions, it never goes well. Like, no no one wants to see a guy cry. It's uh, You always say, like, girls always say they want to. But then when it happens, it's never. <laughs> it, it sucks, but I do agree. I agree with that. You know there what was, I mean? Yeah, there was a point where maybe as a teenager I would have thought that I'd like to see a guy cry, but then in practice, when it's in front of me, it is usually a, a, a pretty major turnoff. And obviously, <laughs> there's um, complete, but completely not not if the person like just lost. So if somebody died, I'll give it, I'll give it a full pass. Dudes could cry for somebody dying, but if you're just like crying in any other. Pussy Way? dries up. <laughs> it's just yeah. the Sahara Desert. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's it. You have to work that out in other ways. Like, I'll cry when I run. That that or if I'm driving, that's a good time. But never. I I used to cry, but now I'm like I can't do that in front of people. What age do boys age out of crying? Uh, two years ago. Whatever <laughs> 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 two years ago was. Well, before DMT. <laughs> Whatever before DM- DMT was. Well, yeah, no, I did. I did stop crying a lot uh, when I started doing psychedelics. Like when I started regularly doing psychedelics, that's when maybe 60% of crying stopped. I used to cry every day. My parent, my 
friends' parents used to say the day's not over until Alexandra's cried. <laughs> like it's it was just like every day. Yeah. See, but you the happiness is like I feel like I'm a happy person, but it, like you were like I had a good childhood. But then there's like a second part of that, but I had a really shitty relationship. <laughs> because yeah. there is dark, you know that's what I mean? True, like, that's true. And I, it's funny because even as a kid, I would cry every single day, but I still remember having a super happy childhood. Like, I got everything that I wanted. I was just like, I would always like just torture myself in my mind. Yeah. Like, but the, is, do you, I did that too, but I feel like that's what pushes me. Like, it sucks, but like, whether anything it is, it's like, if I can push myself hard enough, I can do that. But I have to be mean to myself to push myself. Because if I'm nice to myself, I'm going to be lazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't... I don't... Like, people who are nice to themselves are lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I take it, like, everything... Every mistake is taken, like, very seriously in my mind. Because it's like, that's that's how you don't... You know, it won't fucking happen again. Like Yeah. Actually, like, yeah. Or, like, yeah, if, if I fuck something up or if something doesn't work out, like, I try to, like, go by the four agreements. Like, I try not to take anything personally that happens to me. But then I'll, because I do that, I'll put it on myself. Mm-hmm. And, like, but r- working out really, like, running, I love running. Because that can, like, kick my ass until I'm tired enough that I'm not, like, upset. Hmm. Yeah, I really need to start exercising. It's, um... But it's bad. I also <laughs> lost bad. like 60 pounds over quarantine. Like I needed to work out too. That's pretty dope. It's funny. I think there's just certain people who have lost weight over quarantine. And then some like some people gained their weight. Yeah. Other people gained the weight that you lost. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then people will like be mean about me losing weight. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like so. Like I'm jealous. <laughs> literally. But it's. Anyone, people, when you first, when you first started working at Gas, did you have anyone in your life that were fans of it? Like, like, did were anyone like not jealous of you? But no, I was I was completely removed. I was just a Legion of Skanks fan, and I would never have like, I was like twenty three maybe. And going to this like super liberal school where I just had nobody in my life to share Legion of Skanks with and be like, isn't this a funny show? Like, it was weirdly, it's like sometimes listening to certain podcasts is like weirdly personal. Like, you're showing off a very interesting side of your personality by like having a friend listen to it. And if they don't laugh, you're like, oh, you don't like the thing that I love? Like, yeah, I went to a super liberal school too. And that's why when I met Milo, what was that, two months ago? Milo Yiannopoulos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know when you met him. <laughs> when he was on uh, Skanks. That was a couple months ago. What I, when I went to a very liberal school, I actually, that was before he went all the way, but like I would read his stuff. And I remember bringing him up to a teacher once. I had a, cl- black, a class was called Black Lives Matter. And it was taught by a white guy <laughs> who was married to a white woman. Not that that is... Has anything, but he doesn't even have like right, he has white kids. Um, and I, I literally, I didn't say that. I, I just wanted to know his opinion on him because he was married to a black man. And the guy was like, "You shall not speak his name in my class." Like it was like, "Well," and it was a weird. 
like the super liberal like <laughs> that pushed well, him. Like, Voldemort yeah so and then funny. when I met him he was a nice guy like he was a very and he came with a gay man he brought a boy I think that he's one of the biggest trolls on earth I mean I obviously don't know him well but I've met him two or three times now and he's never been anything but like very nice and just like a well little, you are a girl he's joking he is gay he's yeah I mean you would think he wouldn't like us <laughs> no but but I just remember the super like Having to like really hide what I was a fan of. That's why I didn't do stand up when like in college because I was so scared that my liberal ass school, like, I'm still scared now that they'll see my shit and be like, I have a peace and social justice minor. <laughs> like, I graduated with a minor, and like, they, if they watch any of my shit, my stand up, like, my biggest clip is me talking about school shootings. Like, yeah, my um my high school's motto was uh oh, fuck. Oh man, it was so funny. What was it? Dignity, respect and all-inclusive love. It just started with dignity. <laughs> and it's like it's so funny. I feel like if anybody from my high school, any of the sweet sisters of St. Joseph <laughs> has anyone reached out to you from them? No, never. I just hope that they they never follow up with me. It's all the down votes on your episodes. I just, hope, <laughs> I just no. hope the the sisterhood never follows up with me because they were like, you know, they liked me back then. This does not reflect well on. Well, I did like that. Like I liked those people, but I also have a dark sense of humor. I think of it kind of like like my sense of humor, kind of like someone like who's into like BDSM. I'm not into BDSM, but like I understand that when you get through all the normal shit, you like like a certain level of craziness. And that's how my humor is. Like I got through all the levels of humor, so now I like the craziest shit. Like Right, and there's I mean, there's like nothing I like wrong the... with it. It's kind of crazy for like I, I I get why I would never share a podcast with a friend, but also like it's weird to like judge it, you know. Yeah. We don't have to. You don't have to speak on it, but I would like, like, like Tony Hinchcliffe is never anything but nice to me and very helpful and very like pushed me to keep doing stand up. And like, yeah, it's fucked up, but like that guy, fuck that guy, Pang Dang or whatever, he fucked up too. And it's a situation where like he shouldn't have lost everything he lost. Yeah, I think it's wild. I don't know. I would uh I would be like concerned like who uh, either I feel like for Pang Dang, right? Like now either he headlines or like who decides to have him open for them. You know no. What I mean? like, no, and I'm not going to clip this part out so can we can talk openly. You can never <laughs> have him open because like who's yeah. going to trust that dude now? Yeah, no, like, it's that's crazy. He did it. It's a crazy move. And I, it sucks that I feel like it is going to get him ahead. Like, I feel like he's going to, like, maybe move into, like, the Hollywood-type realm or something like that. But they never, like, it'll be, like, a two-year boost, but not a career boost. Right. Well, like. Yeah. Because you might get a little bit, but in the end, it was a bad move. Because he even lied about, like, 
Tony not reaching out to him. So, like, he wasn't 100% honest anyway, so no one's going to... It's a lose-lose. Like, he's going to lose everything of it, and Tony lost a lot because of it. So it's like, if he just... It was a... He fucked up. Mm -hmm. He really did fuck up. And that's not to say that, like... But it seems very, it's calculated, obviously. So, like, Super fucking calculated. up, you know, fucking up, like, offhand is one thing, but, like, a real calculated fuck up like that is way less forgivable, you know? No, it's not forgivable. Yeah. I mean, like, he, like, he came with the intent to, like, ruin a career. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of being phased out. In comedy, you it is. So? Like, I don't know. Look at, like, Andrew Schultz or, like, Tim Dillon or, like, Skanks or, like, Rogan. Like, honestly, like, be, like, try, like, Joey Diaz, they tried to cancel him. They're not going to cancel him. Like, I don't know. I don't know that all those people are as safe as, like, we would hope. Honestly. They're, like, they, they're, I feel like it's getting worse and worse. Do you? Well, you're in the belly of the beast. Like, do you feel like it's getting worse? <laughs> kind of, right? It's like, uh, I don't know. I don't really see people pulling back from cancel culture. I don't really see it, like, completely gone. I, I don't mean, think it's gone, but it's like... It's a, people try to do it to get ahead all the time, but just, like, whoever can get to the top and see how dramatic they can be about it. Like, not The only reason why we know that there's context is because Ari posted that video, which is great. It's just like that. It gives people an opportunity to just pick and choose who they like and fucking hate. Like, cancel culture works in a weird way because, like, if you were gonna fucking cancel Chrissy Teigen for something, like, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, fuck that bitch. Let's get her the fuck out of here." You know? Yeah. It's just like it's just people choosing, deciding whether they like or hate somebody, and then it very rarely has anything to do with the circumstance like this is a fucking stand-up set we're talking about it literally the circumstance shouldn't matter it's people deciding whether they like stand-up comedy or think that stand-up comics should like abide by some weird unwritten code of like things that we've all decided not to talk about yeah i guess that's true but i just i don't know why I feel like independence and money being not in the big businesses. Like, honestly, like, it goes back to, like, saying fucked up shit is anti-capitalist. Like, and not for nothing, but that's kind of where, like, the money is going. Like, it's a big fuck up, and a lot of it is going to go to independent. Like... Uh, do you uh, yeah. d is this just me getting high and and thinking in Massachusetts not like in like that or do you feel like it's going to get worse? No, I mean I hope that's true, but I don't I just don't see the trend really. I guess right now like with everybody kind of in their houses in the pandemic, people are like uh frustrated and like kind of louder than ever on the internet and also not really out in the real world i'm just like i'm concerned that you start seeing these people again in the real world and all they have to say is like this re repeat of what they've been like told i don't know i don't know everybody's just like uh i've had to explain my job so many times to people because people get like offended by the first thing that they see about it 
like working for the SDR show in the name of it, people get turned off, you know? So it's like, I want, yeah, I watched the Saturday Night Live with Elon Musk and it's, it was, it offended me by, it was literally (laughs) so offensive. It was so not funny. It was like, they weren't even trying for anything edgy whatsoever. Like it, it, I think I that's a sign of where th- I think that's like a direct sign of where the money is going. You know, like they're trying to keep that show, keep people watching. Like, yeah, I think of it like, like attention is the universal currency. So, like, I don't watch any clips from shows. I don't like. I don't give it any. I try to give stuff I don't like as little attention, and give the stuff I love the most attention. And honestly, maybe that's why I feel that, because then in my life, I feel like the things that I like are really important and the things I don't like aren't, even though they might be really important on a big scale. OK, that that makes sense. Um, but I still <laughs> I'm so high. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it makes sense. I just yeah, I don't think that like uh, that anybody is like really anybody who's like really speaking their mind is super safe right now from some sort of attempt at cancellation at least yeah but you can't live your life like that scared Mm-mm. not to say what you want you know i mean to some degree but i mean we see the extremes of it in comedy and how people take it so it's more like am i gonna let this ruin my life or is it a joke am i gonna stick by that you know right and i th- I don't think anybody in this room is like that like gino bisconti yeah. level of like you know, like throwing it all out to see what sticks kind of thing. Yeah. So it's just like certain people have, you know, more reason for concern than others, I guess. Uh, yeah. It just kind of goes by the comic. I guess that's true. But uh, this goes back I to, to call Gino out, by the way. <laughs> I love Gino, but like. I guess, but this goes <laughs> back to what we're talking about. Like, I, I am a positive person, so I want the future to be positive. Like I that I, I and I guess me saying that might be too um hopeful but like I do want the future to be positive and I see it positive because like why not like if I see it as negative I'll just be depressed all the time Right No I'm hoping for that kind of outcome and I do think like down the line that's possible but I think we have like a few more years of this kind of bullshit before people start like what what really needs to happen what I'm kind of rooting for is like we need we need to start like over the top canceling people right like I want everybody's heroes to be canceled I want people to start canceling people for such fucking dumb reasons I'm canceling you right now that the, thank you <laughs> you're canceled I'm canceled <laughs> you're canceled and thank you for everyone, going with my plan. <laughs> everyone I, on Twitter. <laughs> so everybody cancels people for the most fucking benign reasons. And eventually the cancelers are going to have to admit that this is all fucking stupid. The cancelers themselves will be canceled and they'll be like, once everyone's canceled, nobody's canceled. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that might be the way that we're going, which isn't the, it's also not the worst feature. You just have to like, like, you know, blow up the whole situation maybe just drop a bomb yeah 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 like there's there's that like world war ii was shitty but we can't like the world got better after it 
Like, uh, well, okay, that's a. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. could, sh- it could go to shit for a few years, but it's always gonna get better. I want to drop that's a, a nuke. Bad. I want like. <laughs> if you're ja- if you're as long as you're not Japanese, I want like, yeah, like it was the '40s. Alec Baldwin canceled. I just got I canceled for that Dolly joke Parton right there. Canceled. I want. Uh, I want all of the all of the politicians canceled. Literally every last one of them. I Cancel want, Nancy Pelosi. Like you remember the Wiggles? Uh, Cancel fruit, fruit them. salad. <laughs> I want them and their fucking gay asses. Canceled. You know the backyardigans? Yeah, the backyardigans. Just cancel that. How show. about the entire writers' room canceled? Their <laughs> their careers no more. Fucking blacklisted. Moving on. Yeah, I'm um, gonna Photoshop blackface on them. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah that'll do it. They wrote that show in blackface. <laughs> that's, that's gonna do it. I'm gonna cut this clip. You heard it here first. You have really back- good ideas. Backyardigans canceled. Blackface in the writers' room. Blackyardigans. The blackyard. No. <laughs> Unbelievable, dude. How disrespectful. Cancel them. Um. Thank you for coming on. I have to go walk to <laughs> Brooklyn or some shit. It's, it's wild, dude. <laughs> to host a mic, I guess. Thanks for having me. No, I really me. do appreciate this you. This was so much fun. I've, this was the quickest turnaround of driving a really long way and then starting a podcast I've done. So I, th- I think you nailed you. it. I appreciate you um, taking control in the beginning. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but <laughs> No, I needed it. You were Jesus and you <laughs> took the wheel. <laughs> That's great. Oh yeah, we forgot. we forgot to do plugs. We didn't do plugs. No, Damn. you cut it off. That we got it. It was it was her. You were you were saying thank you. I'm All right, gonna, I'm gonna edit this part. Don't worry. There's a lot of smoke in there. There's guys. a lot of smoke okay. in there. Plug your to plug it. your shit. Uh, you guys could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Alex Scar and check out my podcast with Kim Congdon called Broad Topics T O P I X. It airs on GasDigitalNetwork.com/slash/live every Thursday at 9:30 p.m. Or you could catch it for free on iTunes and YouTube every Monday. Listen to Bucked Up. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put that in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 ha!